Hey, everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes a Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today I'm joined by Bill Ham. Who's that? I'm so glad you asked. Bill has been a CEO, CMO, and Chief Business Development Officer for years and years and years and years, and has been wildly successful. For 13 years, Bill was a key leader for the Dave Ramsey organization. That's where I first met him. And he was instrumental in growing a relatively unknown local radio host to one of the largest media brands in the entire country. He also started his own company, Hampton Strategies, and he was my boss. This is the first boss I've had on this podcast. And I've had a lot of bosses. I've had a lot of jobs over the years. But Bill is one of the hardest working people I've ever met. And the reason I'm in Nashville, the reason I get to do this job, write books, be a public speaker, host a podcast, is because Bill Hampton and Dave Ramsey brought me from Atlanta to Nashville. They brought me and my family. I don't know why I just said me. We all came. The whole ACA family came. And I learned so much in that three-year experience. So I thought it'd be really fun to have Bill on to talk about the way he pursues goals because he's a big proponent of health goals, a big proponent of sales goals and business goals. And this is a podcast all about goals. So you're going to love this episode. But first, let's hear a quick word from the sponsor of today's episode. Did you know that 96% of people feel they're not tapping into their full potential? 96% of people, that's most people. Now the good news is, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not most people. You and I can be the 4% that open every gift they have and enjoy every bit of potential. So how exactly do we do this? Well, all it takes is a goal. In fact, I wrote a whole book about it. And my three-step plan will help you escape the comfort zone, avoid the chaos zone, and live in the potential zone. What if each day felt like a gift and each year got progressively better? It can, and my book shows you how. Today is the day that you can unleash your full potential. All it takes is a goal is now available wherever books are sold. You can also pick up a copy at atgbook.com. That's atgbook.com. All right, let's jump into my interview with Bill Hampton. Bill, I am so excited you're here with me today. I think this is going to be really fun. I said in the intro, you're the first boss I've had on this podcast. I don't know if that'll become a series, but as of today, you are the first. So thanks for joining me today, man. I appreciate it. Man, I'm so glad to be here. Looking forward to it. Now, Bill... I'm curious, right out of the gate, I asked this question of a lot of people. Were you always goal-focused? Like, were you always kind of a driven, deliberate, like, you're going to accomplish some stuff kind of guy? Or did you learn that over time? Like, were you the kind of kid that at four had, like, five paper routes and you were doing push-ups in between, you know, like, preschool stories? John, I've always been goal-driven. No question about it. It really... I've, I've always loved creating experiences that had a winner and a loser. I can remember as a kid, I'd be eight or nine years old. I would get up in the morning, get on my bike and go set up an obstacle course throughout the neighborhood that involved tying ribbons at the top of trees that involved lots of things. And then I'd go wake up all my buddies and I'd say, okay, guys, I've got the obstacle course set up. Here it is. We got to start here. We're going to race and see who can do all this first. And then we'd go and we would just be off and running. I would do that stuff all the time. That is so great. And what, what's fun about this is we got to spend three years together um, working for Dave Ramsey. And I don't think most people know this. 
And it was, what number employee were you when you were hired? Hired 15. And there's what, 1,400 now or 1,200? Something like that, something? yeah. Something crazy, like that, dude. yeah. So the team when I was there was about 250. And there were things that we would compete on during the day that did, like, people would have <laughs> foot races around the building. Do you Like, <laughs> Daniel Tardy and Chris Thomas were like... 100%. <laughs> two sales guys kind of were talking trash and decided to... Ch- and one was definitely more of an athlete than the other and was like, I'm going to crush you. And... They would have foot races around the building. Oh it was gosh. so fantastic. To, to think about some of the things we did, um, looking back, we got so much done at that place. Yeah. But we also did a lot of goofball things like foot races around the building and stuff. And it just, but it played into this environment of just fun. We had a blast. We laughed yep. a lot. And that yep. was, that was a great, a great season. Well, and I remember so when I started to work there, one of the things we were at an event, big 8,000 person event. And you said to me before the event started, like there are boxes and boxes of my books and it's hard to sell books at events. Like it's like, yeah. it's yeah. just hard to sell books in general. And you were, you said to me, Hey, you sell out of this pile of books over here. I'll give you a thousand cash today, thousand cash. <laughs> and dude, I was out, I was out like pitching them with popcorn. Like, Hey, like it motivated me. Have you always motivated people that way? Like you want, you believe the best of people and you want to see them thrive. Well, yeah. And in fact, thinking back to that, I remember, I specifically remember walking around the, 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 the concourse level of the building we were in with yeah. you. Yeah. You were new pretty much to the company. Yeah. I was excited for you and they had allocated for you one teeny little table kind of <laughs> off to the side. Yeah. And I remember thinking, man, if I don't, if I don't do something here to get him excited, he's going to feel like this is pitiful. And so I yeah. just threw that at you and it was great because you took it and ran with it. I think you did it. Oh, I, yeah, I did it. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I remember cause my table was off by like a bathroom and a concourse that looked haunted. Yes. And you yes. were like, so yes. you, you helped me carry the table to a better location. And then you were like, we got to go, dude, we got to be motivated. So I love that. I can personally say I've seen you do that in so, so many different ways. What is it about some seeing somebody and encouraging them that fires you up because i've seen you do that in every organization you've been part of yeah and and uh john i gotta tell you i coached little league baseball for years and if if you told me today i could coach a major league baseball team or i could coach five and six year olds i would coach five and six year olds um because there's something about that kid getting up to bat uh, his parents filming him, you know, on the iPhones, they're all out. The kid's nervous. I'm pitching to him. And there's something about getting that kid to hit that ball, to connect that bat to the ball and watching his expression. I, man, I would go crazy when it happened and I'd chase him down to first base and I'd lift him over my head and we would celebrate it's just there's something about getting someone to do something that maybe they didn't believe they could do on their own or they they maybe thought it wouldn't be as big as it was. Man, I am just the, you ask the question why? I don't know. I just know that in every circumstance it's where my thoughts go first. Like how can I help everybody here 
maybe have an experience that they won't forget because they accomplished something they haven't accomplished before. And because of that, there's no going back. Like now that they've done it once, they yeah. can do it again. Yeah. I just and, get super excited about that. Yeah. And they want that. They catch that. They catch that wave. One of the things that people ask me around performance is they'll say, well, how do I, you know, I want to try it, but what if it doesn't work? And I'm so hurt that it didn't work that I can't, I can't try again or I don't recover. And I remember this is probably 13 years ago, maybe 12 years ago. We were at your house. Uh, J- Jenny and I were there and there was a UT game on and your son and they lost and your son was probably three at the time, uh-huh, one, of your, yeah. one of your kids. And he was crying. I remember you saying to me later, that's actually great, a great experience. Like there's going to be moments in life where it doesn't work out and he's fully engaged. And I'm like, I know that that's part of trying. So yeah. when somebody says to you, okay, Bill, I want to do this thing, start a business, get in shape, write a book, whatever, but I'm afraid if it doesn't work, it'll crush me. What, what's your feedback to them? Mm. Well, that is a learned behavior, John. In most people, being crushed if it doesn't, or even caring if it doesn't work, as opposed to just being excited about the experience, mm-hmm. that is a learned behavior. Um, you know, if you watch kids um, get up on stage and perform in front of a crowd, and maybe if they're singing, their voice cracks, or maybe if they're uh, dancing, they're not doing it with everybody else, but you see the joy on their face, right? Mm-hmm. And my question is, when do we lose that? Like, when do we lose that joy that that I'm here, this is my moment, and I'm going to just let it go. But as we get older, a critique here, um, a, you know, a criticism there, uh, a failure here, it just kind of knocks it out of us. And we lose that just unbridled enthusiasm and wonder, as my friend Harris says, um, as a child. And so I just get excited about people, um, you know, when, when something doesn't work out, we don't ever want fatal failures, but fender benders, man, those are incredible opportunities to learn and get excited about, you know, it's like when your kids are driving, you've had daughters who, you know, have driven, I have, and the best thing that can happen to them is a, is a little accident that nobody got hurt, but it wakes them up. Right. And I, those, that's what those experiences are in life is, is we learn a lot from those things. So when you're, when you're coaching somebody and they, they try something, they have one of those moments, what do you talk into in that moment? So the, you know, okay, Bill, the deal fell through. You're coaching me on, like, I've got a big negotiation. The deal fell through. Um, It didn't, or I didn't get the book publishing deal. They told me I don't have a big enough platform, whatever the thing is, what are the words you're using in those moments in those? Cause I love that idea of we're not, we don't want fatal failures, but a fender bender isn't a bad thing. So yeah. what are you saying into that moment? Yeah. Well, you gotta, you, first of all, you have to own it. I mean, I'll use myself as an example. I, I did a really poor job of um, pitching to a client the other day that I know really wanted to work with me. In fact, they were begging me to work with me, but I did such a poor job of being prepared for that, that they couldn't. They just said, they gave me some excuse like, oh, I'm not going to do it now. Maybe I'll do it in the fall. No, they're not going to work with me. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 
And I called my coach and I said, hey, I just botched this. I mean, I completely bombed this. So first of all, I had to own it. That was nobody's fault. It was, and I and I and don't lie to yourself. Like we tell ourselves so many lies. You know, I could sit here and say, "Oh boy, they had this and they had that," but what? No, I was not prepared. I didn't do the work on the front end, so I lost a client. Now, if I learn from that, I can pick up. That'll never happen again. I can pick up three or four more. So you have to own it. Don't lie to yourself. And figure out what do I have to do now so that that will never happen again. What do it's you- no different than if you're, um, you know, if I'm going to the beach in two months and I want to look good on the beach, well, I can't sit there with a fat gut and go, uh, I guess I, I guess I just yeah. can't get in shape. <laughs> no, yeah. You didn't do the work. Yeah. You got eight weeks. You got eight own weeks. Own it. Own yeah. it. Yeah. You got to yeah. own it. So, so boy, so many people lie to themselves. So that's a real problem. Where, what do you think in this particular case, like what stopped you from doing the prep? Was it you were busy? Were you were, like, like what, what prevented you from doing the prep? You know, um, there's, there are parts, what I'm learning is there are parts of me, John, that there's a part of me that just wants to say to the client, what do you mean? It's me. Of course, I'm going to help you. I mean, (laughs) what? And he's asking me these questions that are completely reasonable questions. And I'm like, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm going, I I shouldn't have to answer this. You should just know that if you work with me, I'm going to help you. But that's not how everyone doesn't know me or has seen, has worked with me. And and so I'm learning, oh, like I really have to have a framework that I walk people through and that I tell yeah. them at first we're going to do this, then we're going to do this. That's not my personality by nature, yeah. but I'm learning I've got to grow in that area if I want to continue to land to land clients. Yeah, I I have that same thing. I totally, I mean, it's so funny that you say that, that sense of like, it's going to be great. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. Isn't something somebody can buy. Like it's going to like, that's not, I certainly can't tell my board I invested in this because he said it's going to be great. Like I totally, yeah, I a hundred percent understand that. I, yeah, I've seen that in my own life where I'm like, if I, I can't lean on my personality. I need to lean on the process and the person right. might eventually like my personality, exactly. but it's not, like, it's kind of like you go, there's people at a level where they don't have to worry about that. Like, I'm not sure that George Clooney is a tequila expert. I don't know. I don't think right. he is. But George right. Clooney can be like, buy my tequila. And people are like, okay. The Rock That's can be exactly. like, you know, Ryan Reynolds can be like, buy my gin. And nobody goes, what does this guy know about gin? I, yeah. like, I like Deadpool. I'll buy that gin. Like, <laughs> but we, like, there's nobody doing that. Uh, yeah, no one's doing that for us. You know, there's a couple people in our life that maybe will give us all the, the benefits because they've seen yeah. what we've done. But most people, you can't scale the business with without no, that. That's so funny. That's so funny. So you put me through a, like, a personal branding boot camp. Like when I joined Ramsey, that was part of the experience. It was like, you know, we, you brought in experts, we tried stuff. We like, it was a, I always say like, I got a PhD in personal branding when I worked there, um, which I'm still benefiting from, you know, 10 years later. 
if somebody said to you, okay, Bill, that's one of my goals. There's people that listen to goal. And I, I think everybody's going to need some degree of personal branding as we go forward. If you yeah. want to be an accountant, you better have your, you know, your LinkedIn ready, all the stuff. If somebody said to you, okay, Bill, if you were going to design a personal branding boot camp, what would be the elements you'd put into it? Mm. Well, it starts with authenticity. Boy, you have to be you. Like, I meet a lot of people who read books and go, oh, I like I like that. And then they watch a movie and go, I like that. And then they watch a TV show and go, I like elements of that character's personality. And then when they try to bring it all together, it's just a disaster yeah. because it's not who they are. No. And so you have to be authentic to you. And then once it's authentic to you, you have to create a narrative. You got to create a story around um, – you and your brand and and it should be very niched very very niched if you try to be all things to all people um it's that's just it just doesn't work out that way people when you meet people when people learn about you especially if they don't already know about you they very quickly want to go okay i need to know who you are like i need my brain needs to know where to put you in my world and so you got to make that easy for them like tell them exactly who you are. Tell them exactly the 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 parts of your personality that are going to help them, and then just make it super easy. Don't make people think too hard. And if they can't figure out exactly who you are and about really quick, they're going to move on to someone who made it really easy for them. And so then, and then once they actually start working with you or or learning more about you it's got to match. Like they got to go, Oh man, that's exactly who I thought you were. And so, um, and then everything you do from your dress to your hair, to your, um, uh, to the way you write to your energy level, it's all got to match everywhere. You can't let up on, it's gotta be, you gotta have incredible attention to detail. Do you, so we talk about personal branding a lot. Like we had dinner a couple of weeks ago and we, we geek out on all this stuff. So it's, yeah. it's a topic we've, we've gone around a bunch on, but one thing we haven't talked about a ton is the role of your coach and your personal branding. So walk us through, you mentioned that a minute ago, like I called my coach, what's yeah. that relationship look like? What do they add? How often do you interact with them? Because you're, you, you know, you're close to my age. We're similar age. And I think, I, what I've experienced in life is the older I get, the more coaches I need. Like it's not, yes. there's the, the, it's not the less, like if anything, I'm like, I'm looking at 60 and I'm like, how am I going to do 60 in the dopest way possible? Who do I need to interact with yeah. between now and then? So what somebody who's never used a coach before or th our thought, I, I used a coach as a kid. Like, what are you talking about a coach? Walk us through that a little bit. Oh boy. Um, John, I've got like five coaches right now. For and five spend, different parts of your life? Yeah, five different parts of my life. Four of them for different parts of my life. Two were in the same area. And yeah. one was because I dove in and then thought, eh, I don't know that they're doing a great job with it. And so I picked up another one in that area. But yeah. um, And I spend, quite frankly, I spend an absurd amount of money on coaches yeah. that pe most people would be like, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's only crazy if they don't make me about five or six times what I'm paying them, but I think they're going to. <laughs> yeah. And so it's not crazy at all. I mean, 
if I spent a million dollars, but it made me 10, who cares? Yeah. Or if and somebody so, said, I have a hundred dollar bill, I'll trade you for your $10 bill. You'd be like, I'll do this trade all day, all, all day. day long. Yeah. 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 And so look at, at 52 years old, mm-hmm. I'm discovering that, um, there's, there's areas, there's things that have gotten me this far in my life, but I'm stepping out into new areas. I'm on my own now. I'm doing things by myself. That's a new thing for me. I don't have a team to do stuff for me. I don't have, um, uh, I don't have people thinking on my behalf. I'm doing all of this. And so I want coaches who will help me learn the things that I have to do. And, and what they really do is they help me get very focused. They help me cut out a lot of stuff and just focus on what's most important. And um, I'm, I've got a coach that helps me with story, really honing in on my story because story is just so powerful and, and, and helps so much. I've got a fitness coach. I've got different areas because with my personal brand, I'm going to, I'm on stage a lot more these days. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to look like a slob. I want to, I <laughs> yeah. want to look like I'm yeah. in shape and that yeah. what I'm saying, telling them to do, I actually do myself. Yeah. And so I need that accountability. So I don't know how people go it alone. I just don't know how they go it alone. Like there's um, at least give it a try. Not every coach is going to be right for you. Mm-hmm. And um, but most coaches are, are, are good at what they do, especially if you take the time to ask around and meet other people. Um, but man, I just, I genuinely believe it's more important to learn than it is to earn. I think the earning follows the learning. And so I just want to keep learning, mm-hmm. keep growing, keep adding to my toolbox. I, I love that. I, I absolutely love that. And you're right about you're now in charge of everything. Like I was thinking like, yeah, you're in charge of the printer. Like I'm in charge of the, when you start your own company, you're like, yeah. I got to know how to fix this stupid printer. Like I, I was nobody watching, told me that. I was, like, I was watching YouTube videos this morning because my printer was offline all of a sudden. I didn't know why. And I had to figure out how to yeah. get the stinking thing connected. Yeah. And again. it says the laptop's not close enough. And you're like, I sometimes <laughs> will touch them against each other. And I'll be like, you're kissing, you're kissing right, right now. Right, you're, right. You couldn't be close closer stupid printer. So I 100% understand that, which which brings me to that was a big transition. So you're with Ramsey, you do wild stuff. The company explodes, you're doing television shows, the ratings are through the roof. Like the rocket ride of that experience was unbelievable. It's probably happened 5 times in radio in the last 50 years. Like yeah. it was wild and continues right. to take to move along in a really cool way. You eventually leave that so was it hard to like that season of your life? Cause I would say that there's going to be people listening to this that are going to transition to something else. Like everybody know, but like the idea of you work at one company for 50 years and you get the gold watch like that, your grandparents' right. generation that happened to you. Right. So talk a little about your transition. Like what yeah. was the process like? And then give somebody, you know, if they're thinking about a transition and maybe they're going to go from being a teacher to an accountant or change jobs or change cities, whatever. What are some of the things they can do to make that an easier transition? Yeah. So, John, I spent 13 years with Dave. And from 1999 to 2012, I was with Dave. And it was a rocket ship. I mean, when I started, that company was around $2 million a year. When I left, it was at $75 million. Crazy. And, and when I joined Dave, 
He said, I'll give you a salary of $36,000 a year, but I promise I'll share with you whatever you bring in. And so because he shared with me and stayed to his word, never once changed the deal, I was earning multiple seven figures a year. And uh, so from the outside looking in, I had everything. Like everyone was like, man, Bill, Bill has got it set. Yeah. But inside... Everything I once did, I had hired people to do. I had, I had transitioned from a doer yeah. to basically the CEO of my area. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't know how to deal with that. I didn't know how to deal with just leading and, and working on momentum and not physically doing something. I'm just mm-hmm. a doer. And so in that moment, I just started getting really discontent. Now, I had resources so that when I decided to leave, I had resources that I could take some time off. I didn't have to get a job tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. I got a little office in downtown Franklin. I would go there. I would take naps in the afternoon. I would walk around town. I would just try to figure out what am I going to do? And so what I encourage people to do is, first of all, Look, you have responsibilities. You have commitments, okay? I'm not saying you have to stay where you don't want to be forever, but you need to have a plan, right? You got to have a plan for exiting, and that plan might take a year. I'm talking my daughter's 26 years old and she's considering a change right now and I said, "Listen, you need to plan for that change a year from now." And in the next 12 months, you need to work your tail off. You need to save a lot of money. You need to cut your expenses so that when you try this thing you want to try, which I would never tell her, don't do it. She's 26. Go for it. That's the time to do it. But I'm just, I promise you though, you'll be happier if you have some resources to, to not have, so it doesn't have to work tomorrow, you know? And so give yourself some time with that. So I think it's important that people um, take their time in a transition. Um, You know, John, I like to, I love a challenge. I always need a hill to climb. Yeah. So in the early days with Dave, it was great because man, we were constantly in a fight. It was all hills, all All hills, hills. dude. Yes. All hills. But as it grew and as it got better and easier, Now I'm just collecting this big check every month. I don't feel like I'm doing that much, even though I was. Yeah. And um, so I had to, I just wasn't prepared for that at, at the age that I was when that, when that happened. So um, how old were you when you left? How old were you then? 40. 40. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Yeah. 12 years ago. That's crazy. So 39, 40. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm positive. It was looking back. It was the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that just take your, if, if people are considering change, take your time with it, have a plan um, and really consider is, is it, should you leave or do you just, do you, have you, a lot of people lose their excitement in life. Mm-hmm. They lose their excitement around a lot of things. They get in this monotonous routine of get up, go to work, come home. And really they don't need to leave their job. The the job's just getting all the the brunt of their dissatisfaction in life. Mm -hmm. Maybe you just need to go do something exciting. I don't know if you need to 
you know, get in shape or run a marathon or do something exciting outside of work. And then you might find your joy in work again. So just consider, you know, what it is that's going on that's causing you to feel the way you do. So you mentioned something that's interesting uh, that your daughter, you said to her, it's a year long process. Let's talk through that. That I would file that under advice that's true, but not fun to hear. What Mm. do you think are some other things that are true that are the way to do it? But man, like people don't want to hear it. I don't like to say it, even though I know it's true. Like I don't, you know, like I don't like to receive it, even though I know it's true. What are some other, you know, types of advice? It can be about pace. It can be about needing community. It can be about anything that are true, but not fun to hear. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, Look, what's, what's true when I am, I mean, I know you're, you're a runner, right? You're always moving. And there's a reason why you're doing that. I know that when I'm working out, my brain thinks faster. I'm more creative. Um, There's no question my life is better when in all areas, when, when I'm moving, when I am flowing, when I'm working on those things. And, um, but that's not fun. You know, if, if you're not, if you're somebody who hasn't worked out, in years or ever, or if you're somebody who isn't really ready to eat better, um, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I know for a fact that you will be happier. You will be, all areas of your life will improve if you start moving and if you start putting better stuff into your body. That's a fact. And um, you, I, I know that's not fun to hear, but it's the absolute truth. I had a, I was rolling, man, for the last 18 months, I've been working out hard and running. And then I had a knee problem and it blew up. So I took a week off, which turned into two, which turned into a month, which turned into two months. And um, I'm just getting back into it again. But man, I mean, I I could feel it, man, throughout my whole life. I could feel that I wasn't as sharp as I once was. That's just an example, but you got to do it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. And, and it's 100% true that, well, for me, it's writing. If I'm consistently writing, I feel better. And it did, like I'm getting, I'm processing, but it's so easy to not write. And then yep. it turns into a week, it turns into two weeks of me, of me not doing the thing. I also know because we're friends that you, as deliberate as you are, as focused as you are, you also will chase whimsy. Like you'll also go, I'll try that thing. Like I remember you telling a story of you, uh, somebody needed a lighting guy for a Colin Ray concert like 20 (laughs) years ago. And you've never run a spotlight for a concert. You're like, I can do that. And you sucked at it and said, and like, who knew Colin Ray was so nimble and fast on his feet. (laughs) So like, I love that you'll do that. But I also love that you take that same approach to things like cars. Like when we had dinner, you were like, oh, just changed my car. And I was like, what? So where to like, give us some examples of where there's been a whimsy or passion that, you know, because I think sometimes when people hear conversations like this, they go, these two guys are like measuring every whatever. And they're so like, no, you're, you're willing to go. I'm going to try that. I'll try that. What's some whimsy you've chased? Yeah. Well, it's so, it's so funny. I was, I had this conversation recently, so it pops into my head, but um, I was having this conversation with someone there day. They were like, uh, I told them it was during the NBA finals. And I told them, I said, 
given 20 try if, if if you give me a month to prepare and give me 20 tries yeah. Yeah. i could score on lebron james and they're like you're crazy like that's impossible and i go and and john i promise you for me i'm shocked that they're shocked like i'm shocked <laughs> that they actually think i couldn't do it like are you kidding yeah. me i yeah. i don't understand and so um I'm all, you know, it, it, trail running, for example, I'll watch a documentary on trail running and then I immediately, I can't get it out of my head. I don't want to go on a two mile run. I want to go run the rim to rim at the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm going to go run a 50 mile race through the Moab desert or Barclay Marathon. Um, yeah. Barclay, right, Barclay <laughs> Marathon. I just, the thought for me is, um, here, here's a real example. If you said to me right now, John, Bill, um, I need you to drive to Minnesota to, right now when we hang up the phone and I need you to go pick something up for me and come back. I would go, are you serious? Like, do I really get to do that by myself? I get to get in my car and drive yeah. to Minnesota right now, all night, yeah. not sleep. Yeah. Not, it, it sounds so exciting and fun. I would yeah. be giddy like a little kid that I would get to do that. So I am very impulsive, uh, spontaneous. Yeah. And I just love doing those kind of things. Um, Are you still driving I, the used BMW? Yeah. And I love, I absolutely love it. And, and um, it, it's been fantastic. And I'll tell you one example is I was driving to Michigan last summer and I said, it, on moment's notice, I went, you know what? I'm going to only drive back roads the entire way to Michigan. Only back roads. It took me like 19 hours and it should have taken nine. <laughs> but, but dude, it was amazing. I was, I was literally like, I drive by a little church that has like a food box out for the, for people. And I get caught behind a, a Amish horse and buggy. And I get, I see all these different things. And I just thought like, Okay, I've been driving for eight hours and I'm still in Kentucky, but I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't, dear. I don't care. Like this is, it was great. And I would not stray from it. Like I wouldn't stray from it. Dude, I, I love that. So that leads me to like, what are some other personal challenges you give yourself? Cause I think we're the same. We're like, I, I'm taking some time off and I have a stack of books beside my desk that I'm going to bring for the time off. And I realized, I was like, man, if I do a hundred pages a day, I could probably, and I'm already coming up right. with like a reading, like no one will ever know that. No one is grading me on that. I'm just like, oh, I want to try that. What are some other personal challenges that you've given yourself that you go, I know it's a little quirky, but here's a challenge or here's a yeah. game I play. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you mean? Here's a game I play. <clears throat> so I make games oh, all the time yeah, where okay, I'm yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. got to get to that sign before this car passes me. Or I got to, uh -huh. you know, like. So I'm always doing micro games internally to keep me focused and excited and on pace. And, and, you know, like when I wanted to stop driving and texting, cause my kids were watching me, I got like a ton of dollar coins from the bank and I would give myself a dollar coin every time I did a drive without using <laughs> my phone. And my wife, Jenny was like, dude, it's your money. You're turning your, like, it's not like you're earning money. You took yeah. real money and turned it into metal money. And now you're, and I was like, yeah, this reward is working. Yeah. And I largely quit you. And I was like, ah, oh, this works. So what are some things like that that you've done? Well, it is, um, 
so I won't driving, for example, I won't allow myself to look at the clock or the mileage. Like I won't, I'll say, okay, I'm not going to stop listening to this podcast, for example, or I'm not going to look at how far I am from where I'm going until this podcast is over or uh, yeah. I'm, or I'm going to do this thing. But I, or if I'm on the, the, the Peloton, for example, I'll be riding and I'm like, yeah. I'll throw a shirt over the screen so I can't see anything. So yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to look again until the clock says this. Or when I'm running, I constantly will do challenges like that where, okay, I won't see how far I've run or how long I've been running until four songs play. Yeah. And so I'll wait until the fourth song is over. Cause then when I look, I'm like, Oh man, I'm further than I thought. Or, yeah. you know, so I'm always playing, always playing those kind of tricks on my, on my mind to, to go a little further. Um, you know, I'll sit, I always read before I work. That's my rule every morning. I will not sit at my desk until I read in my chair. How and much there, are you reading? Is it a time it's just or behind a page? Me here. I'll read, uh, I typically I'll sit down and I'll read a chapter and unless it's short, a lot of books these days I'm finding that I'm reading, man, the chapters are getting longer. Like the first, I'm like, I think this that's is like the a, reverse. They should I'm, be shorter. Yes. I'm like, this is a 40 page chapter, no, right? Dude, but and no. it is, it kills me to stop reading before the chapter's over. I cannot stop in the middle of a chapter, but then I just get mad. Cause I'm like, dude, what is this author doing right in a 40 page chapter? Yeah. So normally I try to finish the chapter, no matter how long that takes before Did, I, before I move on with, so that I love, that's kind of like one of your rules. I remember there was a time where you and I went up to New York city and we heard an influencer, like famous author speak. And we were about to try to transition what I was doing to something else. So we are going to try to transition from, I had written a, a book about faith and we we're going to transition into the business world. So we were like, can this be done? You asked that person that question. They said, absolutely not. And I remember you were not phased. <laughs> yeah, you were not phased. You're like, well, too bad because we're doing it. Like, <laughs> so, And I was kind of crushed because like, this is somebody I looked up to. And they were like, yeah, that's impossible. And the yeah, way they I did it that. was, they, this is exactly how they did it. They said, okay, well, raise your hand if you saw Gwyneth Paltrow's movie where she's a country singer. And no one raised their hand. And they said, see? And like, I was yeah. kind of like, I was whooped a little bit emotionally in that moment. You were like, doesn't matter. Did you, did you learn that? Did you come with that? Like, do you teach that, that spirit of we're still going to try, we're still going to keep going. I think you have a real motor for that of like, yeah, it doesn't matter if somebody discourages me, I'm still going to keep on the goal. What, how would you, how would you encourage somebody to kind of believe in themselves that way? Well, it goes back to my LeBron James example. Um, yeah. I, you know, I just, it baffles me that anybody would think that I couldn't do that. Right. <laughs> and, and so I've always been that way. I think it's, I had, um, I was the baby of the family and I had parents and older siblings who just thought I was amazing and just instilled this confidence in me. I was always the littlest kid. Um, but I felt like the biggest, I was, you know, I felt the strongest, I felt the fastest. Um, and so first of all, to, to parents, I would say, boy, do not, do not overlook the power of building up your kids self-esteem, like just, just be their biggest fan, um, pour into them. 
Um, don't ever tell them they can't do something like let them go for it and then deal with it after. But uh, I, it, it, it made me who I am. All my successes are because of my attitude and my outlook and my confidence, even when it wasn't warranted. Um, and my parents instilled that in me for sure. What I would tell people who struggle with that um, is not what's the alternative, you know, what's, what's the alternative? It's like, John, I saw this picture of myself one time, uh, and I looked great. I was in super shape. I mean, veins were popping in my arms. Like I was like, man, whose arm is that? And I was like, oh, that's my arm. Like, and I, it had been about two years since that picture. And I remember thinking, okay, I want, I want that arm. Yeah. Well, if you want that arm, there's things you have to do in order to get that arm. And what you're doing now is not going to get you that arm. And so I'm like, okay, either I can do what I need to do in order to get that arm, or I can just sit around saying, I want that arm, but there, there's really, there's only two options, do it or don't do it. And, and so with, with, with people, I would go back to this thing as a child, John, like there are people listening to this podcast who have something in them that they are dying to do. They know they want to do it, but they're scared to death to to take that step, to give it a try. And I just want to encourage them to say, remember, remember those watch, look at children, look at kids who could care less if they fail. They just keep trying. They get out there. And whoever is listening that is scared, they were that way too one time. At some time in their life, they had that freedom and that just wide open passion. But along the way, life kicked it out of them. And, and man, I just want to, I would tell them to try to find that person again and go, because John, here's the thing. There's this quote. Maybe this is a cliche, but I love this quote. And it says, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask you what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. (laughs) And so what I want to say to people is, man, nobody is. There's a lot fewer people watching you than you think. Like most people think, oh, if I mess up, everyone's going to notice. You know what? No, they're not. No one. People care about their own life. They don't really care yeah. about you. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do, but but they really care about their own life. And no. so it's it's worth it. Just go for it. Yeah. I The thing I think about that is Mel Robbins has this great clip about like, no one is coming. No one is coming. No one is coming. Like you have to write your pages. You have to run your miles. No one's coming. And I love that. And I think the reverse is also true of like, no one is watching you to fail. Like there's nobody coming to tell you no. In the same way that you'd say nobody's coming to make it happen for you, you have to make it happen. No one is going, I've watched every move and here's the seven you made wrong. Or I've watched like no one, the committee that you think is trying to stop you doesn't exist. Like it exists in you, but not outside you. And John, I'll take it one step further. Not only does that committee not exist, they're actually, here's what they will do. They will cheer for you. When yeah. you risk yeah. the, the, the crowd or the world or your, your, your circle, they're waiting to cheer you on. Most people want to see other people take risk and succeed and they're going to yeah. cheer for you and it's going to blow your mind how excited they're going to be for you. I've seen it happen in my own life. Yeah. 
And we, and we, when we are around excellence or people trying, it encourages us. Like I remember the first time I went and saw Brady play in Tampa and we were a couple rows back from the field and just seeing him throw the football in warmups. I was like, I'm going to do more pushups tonight when I get yeah, home. Like right, I was right. like, cause it was so dialed in and so excellent that I couldn't help but be like, Oh, okay. I want to, I want to try. I want to try more. I've only got three more questions. Who first one is, who do you look up to? And it can be, you know, an author, it can be a coach, like who's, who's inspiring you right now? So, um, other than like your prodigy, John Acuff, who's really continued (laughs) on this, I mean, his own rocket ride and a lot, a smaller rocket for sure, but it's gone pretty well. (laughs) You know what, John, you and I have been around (laughs) this, you and I have been around this business a long time. And so we know that not everybody is who they appear to be. Um, some people who are, that appear to be doing great and the, the world perceives them as having all this success. We know that they're either train wrecks or not authentic or they're fake or whatever it might be. We just see a lot of those things. I just have tremendous respect and look up, look up to people who, um, have had tremendous success. Um, and their family is solid. Their marriage is strong. Their kids are good. Like they don't, they're not without their hiccups, but just overall, it's a solid family. So I look up to those people. And then next I look up to people who have also um, achieved success, but they're still doing the work. Like they're still digging, going, how do I grow? How do I work on my own life? How do I fix these problems in me? I just love to see people who are still doing the work. And what I've found is uh, people don't really care about how successful you are. They care about the obstacles you overcame in order to get there. I mean, John, you and I have talked about it. I'm actually going to use this example in in a pretty large talk I have coming up about you where you know, you can watch your videos now and you can, you can see, I just did my 35th speaking engagement, my 36th speaking engagement, but nobody remembers that time you were sitting alone in a room because no one showed up to your party at Catalyst. People don't see that. Right. So what I care far more than about your, your success, and I'm so happy for you, but I really admire it because I know how hard you've grinded for so many years mm-hmm. to get to where you are today. That's what is admirable. The success is just, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know but how hard the, you worked. It's the, other, it's the other stuff. And you're so right about the people whose public life matches their private life and vice right. versa. That they're, right. And I, I think that's the thing they always said, never meet your heroes. And so it's always fun when you go, oh man, like, because... I think about that constantly. Like, how do I not become that? Like, that's part of my, like, okay, over the next, how do I stay healthy? How do I, you know, um, how does, you know, Jenny and my kids are the definition of my success, not other, other, that's right. other definitions. So second to last question, um, what's on your Mount Rushmore of books? Like if you said you got a bunch of books behind you and you know, the four kind of nonfiction, these will help you chase your goals books. And you can answer it one of two ways. Here's the four I'd put on, on my Mount Rushmore, or I've given this book away more than any other. Now I like yeah. total money makeover. You've given millions of those copies. Of yeah. Money. So like yeah. minus those, um, what's on what, you know, your book answer. 
Um, nonfiction, because the number one book would be a book called The Alchemist. Um, oh, yeah. That that's my number one book that I've recommended more than any other book ever. I read it every year uh, at the beginning of the year. It's the first book I read every year. I've done that for about ten years. It's my favorite. Um, Shoe Dog, uh, the memoir of Phil Knight, who founded yep. Nike. I just finished reading it for the second time. It, um, there's a book called Straight from the Gut by the by the former CEO of of GE, Jack Welch. That's my favorite book of all time. Um, uh, that book, um, God, I have to go through my, I'd have to Those go through my, Those are three good ones. Those are, books, we can, but I love, look, I love, I love, um, autobiographies or memoirs. I love those because I want to read about people's experiences and, and, and what they've done. And that's what I'm really, really drawn to. Perfect. That's, those are perfect answers. Last question. Where can people find out more about you? Give us the links, yeah, give I, us the, all the yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'd love for them to, on, I, on Instagram, uh, they can follow me at, at the Bill Hampton. Um, same with TikTok, uh, Facebook, uh, they can find me. Um, make sure they, if they go to Facebook, make sure they find me and not my dad, because my dad's 84 and he doesn't care what you think. So um, <laughs> yeah. God, God forbid you follow him and think that you're following That's me. Funny. That's funny. <laughs> he doesn't want to give trouble. you advice. He doesn't want to give you <laughs> that'll, advice. That'll get, yeah. And then but, what's but, your, uh, what's your URL? What's your website? Yeah. Hamptonstrategies.com. Hamptonstrategies.com. Well, dude, this has been a blast. I said in the intro, I'm getting to do what I do now because of the work that you and Dave did in bringing our family to Nashville of teaching me how to do this on. So I went from speaking to crowds of 80 people to 8,000 in a period of months. And it was done in a way where I actually got to grow and change. And so I'm so grateful it's, it's fun to have this conversation 10 years later, 13 years later, looking back on it. So I'm, I'm glad great, we're still man. friends and you're still in my, and still in my life. I'm Thanks honored for the conversation. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Bill Hampton today. We'll put all the links in the show notes as always. And thank you for writing those podcast reviews. They're so encouraging. So if you've got 60 seconds, 90 seconds, three minutes, if you want to wax poetic, please fill out a quick review. They mean the world to me. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.